0: It's 10 a.m., which means it's time for Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yep, well, come on in, Utah Car Sense. Happy first day of the final seven days of October. Halloween comes your way a week from today, be this October 24th. And a Halloween like none of us have ever seen before. Uh, and hopefully we'll never see again. I'm Austin Horton, sitting in here uh, at the Zone Sports Network Studios by Carrier at Vivint Smart Home Arena. Eric Jensen is behind the glass producing for us today. And we're hoping to be joined soon by some uh, some fellas, some people, some folk from Mark Miller Subaru. Uh, it, although they are short-staffed, our friend George, a bit under the weather uh, hoping uh, for a speedy recovery for him. I believe he had uh, HIPAA rules would uh, disqualify me from telling you uh, what, he, what he went through, but I know it was not COVID-related, so that's good news there. Roger spent the last uh, little bit uh, visiting family back east, fishing on the Hudson River and making me very jealous on Facebook. Uh, and uh, Jeff uh, has been busy as well at the store, so they're a little shorthanded. so we might be uh, flying solo today, but we'll keep you apprised of everything going on there. You can be part of the show, though, still by calling 855-340-ZONE. That's 855-340-ZONE. And, Eric, I thought today we would ask the good listeners out there to do everybody a public service. If you're driving around, well, not if you're driving around, preferably you're not driving around, but as you have driven around town, wherever you live in this great grand state of ours, I want to know the most dangerous, scary stretch of road, be it, you know, it's the scary season. I want to know the scariest stretch of road out here on our highways, freeways for surface roads. Let me know. 855-340-ZONE. Uh, and I don't mean this as a, a let's get after UDOT or, or whatever. I, I just mean there's there's some scary stretches. And uh, we need to be a little more aware so that when we get to those areas, we're a little more safe. Uh, we slow down. We take it easy. We're more defensive in our driving uh, and take less offense to other drivers. So, For example, what? Uh, well, for example, if we want to just dive right in, There was an article, uh, a video on KSL last week that came from a dash cam on a semi-trailer down in uh, Utah County. Uh, A man, uh, this guy, Ivan Souza, he's the owner of Silverhawk Freight in Linden. He went on KSL and shared this dash cam video of one of his drivers uh, and an incident that they had right there at the Timpanogos Highway exit, uh, just over the, the the bubble, just the bubble, just over the point of the mountain. Uh, and if you've been down there lately, whew, that is that's Thunderdome down there right now. And the problem that occurred is the markings they that they're in construction there, obviously, the old lane markings have been taken up off the ground. And they've added new lane markings to kind of curve around the the bad situation. But the old markings still show up on the the ground down there. And so as the semi-trailer was going straight with the old markings, uh, a, 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 a car to his right followed the new markings right in front of him into his lane, of course, the semi had to slam on its brakes, use the engine brakes, and luckily no one was hurt or injured. But by way of public service, uh, Ivan Souza, owner of Silverhawk Freight and Linden, went on the news and shared this problem, and UDOT said, well, they're aware of it, and they're getting it taken care of, and I hope by now it's been taken care of, because I've been down there quite a bit, and I know exactly this stretch of the freeway that that, that is in this video, and it's absolutely scary, because there's... There's supposed to be four lanes, and there's really six because the old lane markings are still visible on the ground. John Gleason of UDOT, spokesperson for UDOT, said the reason is uh, that those stripes come up and it leaves an adhesive, kind of like when you have a piece of duct tape on something for 15 years, and then you rip that duct tape off, and it still has that sticky residue marking on it. Or if, or you know, better example probably is if you have surgery or, or a bandage of some kind, you take that off, and it leaves that little gunk around the borders of where that bandage was. That's what similar. Uh, that's a good example of what this is. As they took the old stripes off, it left some residue down. Dirt, dust, whatever flies through the air, lands on the freeway, flies off cars, lands on that adhesive, and it makes it still look like striping for for a lane. So they've gone down there, they've cleaned it. Hopefully, it's it's uh, better off than it was last week. But for one example, right there at the universe, or the uh, Highway exit in Lehigh by Cabela's Thanksgiving Point, you know the area. That's uh, one example of a really bad stretch right now. So. 855-340-ZONE, where's the scariest stretch of road you're going down? Now, Eric, you could take this a different way and say, uh, if, you ha- if you know of a haunted lane somewhere, call in 855-340-ZONE to let us know. Last night, uh, w- uh, my wife Whitney and our-, and our daughter, we went on a, a round uh, uh, town trip to see different Halloween displays and light decorations in people's houses—not in people's houses, in their yards—and uh, that was a lot of fun. It, it, it's it's becoming more and more popular now. It's kind of like those uh, those old laser light shows that you see on at Christmas time, but now a lot of people are doing them for Halloween. We saw a giant Pirates of the Caribbean display that looks like the the person that owns that home stole it straight from disney's haunted or uh, pirates of the caribbean ride, right? and just put it in their front yard anyway lots of stuff so if you know of a haunted spooky lane or a fun place to go or a scary stretch of freeway surface road uh highway let us know 855-340-ZONE does that answer your question
1: yes absolutely okay. and it, we may have our first caller. awesome
0: 855-340-ZONE to be part of utah car sense this morning we'd love to have you on as we uh, ring in the final week of October and get ready for the Halloween next Saturday. I ran a, a poll just out of selfish curiosity on Twitter last week. Uh, it got almost 500 votes. I was curious what people are doing. If you're trick-or-treating, if you're not, if you are but with di- alterations, if you're not doing trick-or-treating but still finding a different way to celebrate is... We, we all know the, the COVID situation in our state right now, and agree or disagree with it, it is uh, putting dampers on plans, and we just need to be safe and, and take it easy. But uh, the majority of people said they are going to go trick-or-treating on that poll, and I, I think that we will as well with some, some alterations to what we do normally do. But be part of the show, 855-340-ZONE. And our first caller this morning is Ron. Good morning, Ron. Thanks for calling in
2: good morning i was just uh, responding to your question about dangerous roads
0: okay where do you got where where's a where's a bad spot
2: well for me it's uh over the alpine loop from either american fork to uh, provo canyon or back the other direction i've ridden that uh, on a bicycle many times i've driven it many times and it's tough for bikes and cars to coexist. Um, both are at fault, but it's really a, a very dangerous route for cars alone if they're in a hurry or bikes if they're riding too abreast or otherwise not, not uh, minding the traffic laws. Yeah. People get in a hurry on that uh, very windy, treacherous stretch and uh and there are lots of accidents and near accidents
0: and it, that's probably a very busy uh popular stretch right now with all the fall colors out there in the alpine loop uh both for biking uh, and driving uh, and it's all it's already populated every day year round uh but especially this time of year and and uh, if i'm remembering Craig, it's been a minute since i took the alpine loop but it there's some stretches there where it's like you mentioned really windy but it kind of lulls you into a false sense of security. Maybe you're going a little f- faster than you should, and then all of a sudden you come around a corner and it's tighter than, than it has been the rest of the drive. Am I remembering that correctly?
2: Yeah, you're remembering accurately. It's just barely wide enough for two cars if they're going slowly.
0: Yeah, yeah. But if,
2: you, if, as you say, you get lulled into security and think, well, I haven't seen a car for a few turns and speed around the corner – and there's a bike coming down, and it just kind of uh, veers out of control. It's just, it's, and there are also some places where uh, mountain bikes come across the road to to enter the trail below the road.
0: Oh yeah, that that's so, right. Yeah.
2: As well as uh, hikers that are coming up the road and uh, people that are. The fall colors are are faded quite a bit now, and there's been. Uh, there's been the fire up in the Provo Canyon sure. that has kind of turned people into spectators. But the, the reality is that just about every time I ride that, uh, most bikers, including myself, uh, ride at times that are not uh, busy with cars. But whenever you ride, uh, it only takes one car or one bike acting poorly to make a, a catastrophic
0: Yeah. yeah uh great great advice great uh mention Ron thanks for calling in and we'll pass that along and continue to talk about that because he's right uh Eric uh my my in-laws live down in uh, Cedar Hills and they're avid avid mountain bikers and they go up that, that that way all the time uh and he's right this this beautiful state of ours is so rich with opportunity to get out and explore and enjoy and uh, get some fresh air and take in nature and wildlife and just and stretch our legs and use our bodies and enjoy where we live, but we've also got to remember that we we owe it to ourselves, to our loved ones and everybody else around us to be aware and be safe and slow down and make sure we're taking the proper precautions because it just takes once, as Ron mentioned, for a, a good time to be ruined for all. and. We need to be aware of that. So thanks, Ron. Alpine Loop, bit of a scary time, scary uh, place to be and a scary stretch of road, be you a driver or a, a biker. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. 855-340-ZONE if you'd like to be on the show, 855-340-ZONE. All right, Eric, you're a big Tesla guy in so much as you feel that I go after Tesla too hard and you try to provide the other side. So I'm going to give you a couple Tesla stories and see how you spin the, the positive side on these, all right? You ready Listen, to go? Listen,
1: my, my, my dream is to be a professional spin <laughs> zoner, so <laughs> let, let, let's see
0: see how I do here. You're in the right line of work, I tell you that. I'm just kidding. All right, the prospect of buying a used vehicle from Tesla just became a less appealing option. The electric car manufacturer quietly updated its website with new warranty terms for used Model S sedans and Model X crossovers, and the updates do not fall in the customer's favor. This is according to Autoblog's Jeremy Korzanowski. Just two days ago, Tesla's used vehicle warranty pack or page, rather, said that used Models S and X that were under four years old and showed less than fifty thousand miles on the odometer would get a quote Used vehicle limited warranty for four years or 50,000 miles, whichever comes first, starting from the delivery date. If the Model S or X was between four and six years old or had between 50,000 and 100,000 miles, A, quote, used vehicle extended limited warranty provides coverage for up to two years post-delivery or up to 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. In either case, the balance of original battery and drive unit limited warranty still applied for used vehicles. So what the difference here is, is that they've taken the warranty and shaved it down quite a bit for used Teslas. Now, my initial thought is... It's a used car. Typically, you don't get the top of the line biggest best protection/warranty slash warranty for used cars cuz they're no, you're no, you know, they're used. But it's pretty dirty in my opinion for Tesla to do this retroactively to people who have already recently purchased used Teslas. Your spin, Tesla pro Tesla boy. Well, who wants a used car? Like, let's just be honest. Like, Everybody you, does. You, Take it easy Who now. wants a used car? Like, Everybody does. You want
1: now. the shiny new <laughs> Tesla, fresh off the lot. I Just who wants a used car? That's so my te- spin zone you're on tell- that
0: one. You're telling me a used Tesla is not as good as a new Tesla?
1: Absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> uh, the way Elon designs them is that after someone has <laughs> driven it for 50,000 miles, it breaks down and that's that's his grand scheme you know as he's he wants to treat cars like hmm, what's disposable he wants to treat cars like like Gatorade bottles <laughs> like y- you use a good Gatorade bottle to drink your water for oh a year or two. A year. A year or two. No way, you then, can't be doing that. And then maybe you're like, oh a I need year? a new I need a new
0: Gatorade bottle. Oh, the bacteria in your Gatorade bottle, Eric, if you're going a year with that thing. I understand the recycle, reuse, repurpose, that, oh, that's Oh no, great. no,
1: no. I meant like a actual like Gatorade branded water bottle. Ah, I see.
0: I thought you one meant of a, one
1: of us. one of us squirt ones. I see. Which by the way makes the water <laughs> taste better.
0: Get out of town. No, it's true. But I I okay, that's different. I thought you meant you drink down your your glacier cherry or whatever, 32 ounce, and then keep that bottle for a year. I'm like, "Oh, that is you got to see a dentist and a a gut doctor as soon as you possibly can cuz that's probably where COVID started was in your old Gatorade bottle. That's what I was going to say. I mean, so.
1: you're just recycling your own bacteria. I mean, your body <laughs> should
0: already be yeah, immune to it. Again, not a doctor. But- All right. And then this from Tesla. So to add on top of that, back in February of 2019, Elon Musk came out and said as long as there was 1,000 miles or less on the odometer and it was within seven days of delivery, you could return your Tesla for a full refund, no questions asked whatsoever. If you didn't like it within seven days and a thousand miles, they just gave you your money back and parted ways with you. Well, apparently that is no longer the case. If you take your internet browser over to tesla.com/support/tesla-return-policy, you'll be directed to the main support page instead of the page you'd expect that describes an impressive and industry-leading return policy. Uh, it used to have the following text that said, you know, you may return it to us within seven calendar days. But apparently customers that are unhappy with their new electric cars will now be directed to Tesla's service department rather than being offered the refund. Pro Tesla man, go ahead. What's the pro- positive spin on this
1: one? Well, Elon's saving the environment. Like, every everybody knows that when you return a Tesla, Elon must drives it straight into the Atlantic Ocean, <laughs> you know? And, and what do you think those rockets are for, Austin? <laughs> he takes his old cars and shoots them up into space and then injects them out into the, no, the vast nothingness of space. Yes. Now, see, <laughs> if you return a Tesla, you are actively killing the environment. So oh. Tesla, his grand scheme, you know, Elon, he thinks, oh, well, buy this car and save the environment. But return this car... And you are actively destroying it. So it's really on the customer. If, you're, if you return your Tesla, you're a bad person. You hate the environment. And uh, <laughs> Elon Musk is going to drive those cars into the Mariana Trench and <laughs> okay. let them rot at the bottom of the ocean. I mean, and they're electronic, too. So, you know, it kills a ton of sea life All when right. he drives them into
0: the ocean. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, you know, you have a brighter future as a radio personality than as a PR spokesperson, I'll tell you that. But I do appreciate the the effort. That's pretty funny. Everyone knows he just drives right, right into the ocean. So Tesla not uh, helping out the customer as much these days as they purported to have been doing recently. Before we take our first break, we're looking for more of your calls about scary stretches of road in our great state. 855 855- Three four zero zone. But before we break, we had a great day Thursday. We were out uh, as the big show uh, at uh, Pet Adoption Day at Mark Miller Subaru in the Southtown Auto Mall. And this is a this is a nationwide. It was National Adopt a Pet Day on Thursday, and because Mark Miller Subaru uh, uh, Jeff is so uh, dedicated to the community, honestly, and look, this is their show. This is their paid. Uh, two hours on the radio every week right here on Utah Car Sense. But they're not paying me to tell you this. They, they love helping the community more than they love selling cars, and they love selling cars and taking care of people. That's where it starts with them is is by making sure that you've got a good purchase, a good safe ride, something you can afford, and something that will protect and take care of your family and make you happy. That's how they first give back to the community. But Subaru, as a brand, is completely dedicated to making sure that they are giving more back to society than society brings to them. As such, you never see a price in any of their ads. You never see any special deals or incentives from Mark Miller Subaru because they do the promised price program. You see a focus on adopting uh, pet rescues. Uh, You see a focus on environmental help. You see uh, a focus on children, uh, men and women who need help, be it homeless uh, youth or, or, or otherwise, be it uh, the, the things they've done in the past with child therapy centers. They are completely focused 100% on building the community up as the community helps build their brand better. And on Thursday, we had a wonderful time as Nuzzles & Co., Uh, was out at Mark Miller Subaru adopting out pets, be it dogs or cats. And if you missed it on Thursday, if you weren't able to get out and celebrate by adding to the family on Adopt-A-Pet Day, the good news is Nuzzles & Co. is always in the business of adopting out pets and helping you rescue them. And if you are in that time of your life where you're transitioning from one pet to another or if you're deciding to finally get That family pet, a lot of people like to do that around the holidays. Their kids are asking for puppies or kittens or whatever. Nuzzles & Co., please start with them. Look at what they have to offer. Go talk to them. Volunteer for an hour. See what they're all about because a rescue pet is the best kind of pet. They are so loyal and, and so loving And they will be taken care of. They'll have all their shots and immunizations. They'll make sure they train you up and make sure they vet you on your ownership skills. And they will help you every step of the way. So just a little PSA. And a thanks to Mark Miller Subaru Southtown for an amazing event last Thursday, just a couple days ago. And uh, we look forward to being out there. We're going to be out at Mark Miller Subaru here coming up two or three more times on Saturdays before the end of the year for great special events like that. Uh, So make sure you stay tuned right here. 97.5 To 97.5 and 1280 The Zone for Utah Car Alright, we'll take our first break. Looking for more of your phone calls. 855-340-ZONE There's good, great, exciting news for those Hummer fans out there. Yes, there's probably one or two of them left, but after this news, there might be a lot more coming down around the corner. Also, Uber and Lyft got some bad news from the California Appellate Court. We'll tell you about it next on Utah Car Sense. Have a car question? Ask Don't the experts at 855-340-ZONE. You no you're listening you to Utah Car Sense with dead, Jeff Miller dead, and Austin Horton, dead, presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: You'll never get
0: a second Welcome back, Utah Car Sense. I'm Austin Horton. Eric Jensen producing for us today. And looking for your phone calls, 855-340-ZONE. Happy Halloween. Hoping to get your nominations for the scariest stretches of road in Utah. And you can take that whatever way you'd like. 855 340 Zone. We'll get back into some car news here in a moment, but waiting patiently through that long break was Harley. Harley, welcome to the show. Good morning. Hey, thank you.
3: Is this the real Austin
0: Orton? Uh, that depends. Are you Harley with the IRS? <laughs>
3: I've got got a comment about the Alpine Loop. Okay. Uh, The scariest thing I've got, and then I've got a scary stretch of road. But the Alpine Loop, people forget when they have trailers for their toys behind their vehicle, and those trailers are actually wider than their car, and they forget that uh, they're actually taking up (laughs) most of the road when they're coming towards it.
0: That's a good point.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And and there's a lot of people up there with trailers on the Alpine Loop. But the scariest stretch of road for me is that uh, part of Highway Number 6, as it leaves uh, uh, Spanish Fork and goes up the canyon, uh, first four or six miles, something like that, boy, I'll tell you, I I think it's a mental thing. But uh, I always, whenever I travel that road, I always consider the fact that somebody might be coming across the The yellow line, I always take an extra pair of pants with me when I go
0: up that road. Harley. (laughs) Saying it like it is, Harley. I love it. Yeah, in fact, uh, that stretch of road, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, you said Highway 6, right? There in Spanish Fork? Yeah. Uh, Well, from Spanish to what price? Uh, It came up on a list of NPR's most dangerous roads in America a few years ago. Uh, that that little stretch you're talking of. And so that makes absolutely sense. Absolute sense. What you're saying that should make it onto our list as well. Uh, That highway six, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun stretch, but it is scary. It's dangerous. Yeah. So thanks for the the great show guys. Thank you, Harley. Thanks for calling in and and making it uh, that much better. Thank you so much. Be well. Yeah, he's right. Highway six from Spanish Fort Canyon to, uh, to price. Well, not, you know, it goes through that area. Uh, You'll want to make sure you slow down and take it easy. They've got, there's tight turns and twists and all kinds of craziness through that stretch. So be safe while you go through there. 855-340-ZONE is the phone number to be part of the show. Teased it before the break. Let's talk about it. Uber and Lyft got some bad news from the California appellate courts. Not appellate courts, as I apparently misspoke earlier. Uh, The... Uh, California appeals court on Thursday unanimously ruled against ride-hailing companies Uber and Lyft, saying they must now reclassify their drivers in the state of California as employees. Uh, The ruling does not take effect before November 3rd, which is a company-sponsored ballot measure that will give voters the chance to decide the future status of gig workers. It does narrow the company's options should their ballot fail. The case emerged after California implemented a law known as AB5 aimed at reclassifying ride hail, food delivery, and other app-based workers as employees entitled to benefits such as unemployment insurance and minimum wage. So for years now, these uh, rideshare companies, Uber and Lyft and others, have kind of, to excuse the term if if you don't like it, but skated by by saying, oh, no, they're independent contractors. They they, they aren't our employees. They just use our uh, app to, get, to gain their money. And to that end, when you drive for Uber or Lyft, you don't pay your taxes uh, with each paycheck. You have to pay that at the end. Uh, you don't get insurance. You don't get benefits. And in this day and age, especially, the unemployment insurance and a minimum wage are so important. And if you've chosen this as your line of work, the, at least the, the uh, appellate, appellate court in California has upheld the ruling that you will now be classified as an employee of Uber, Lyft, and other such uh, uh, companies and be entitled to uh, uh, unemployment insurance and uh, uh, minimum wage rulings and things like that. Now, out here in Utah and everywhere else, Still classified as an independent contractor, but there in California they will be uh, having to be uh, classified as actual employees of uh, that company. All right, if you're into the Hummer, you've got some good news because there is a uh, a new Humvee coming down the pike. Uh, it is the and it's an EV Hummer from GMC. Uh, it's called the GMC Hummer EV. They say it's an an electric truck and it has sold out of its first year of production following its uh, splashy debut. From CBS News, it says General Motors Co. said it has sold out the first year's worth of its hulking GMC Hummer EV electric pickup truck after a splashy video reveal on Tuesday. The GMC website showed a reservations full banner over the Hummer EV edition one due to start production in the fall of next year 2021. The next version of the truck, the Hummer EV 3X, is not scheduled to begin production until the fall of 2022 and it will go for the base price of $99,995. The least expensive Hummer EV, starting at a cool 79,995, is scheduled to go into production in the spring of 2024. So start saving your pennies now if you want to hop on board to the failure that was originally the Hummer in the general marketplace for the, for the general use population. If you want to get on board again in the EV style, you got to come up with a cool hundred grand in order to get in there, uh, or eighty grand to get the lowest price. Uh, it's, in part, it's a response to Tesla Inc. Cybertruck, which has a different but equally eye-grabbing design. And a bevy of extreme performance features. The Cybertruck starting price is just 39000 though a model with 500 miles of battery range starts at $69,000. Uh, they, they began construction, Tesla did, on the Cybertruck in Austin, Texas, uh, and they will start doing, uh, actually making the truck in 2021, late 2021. So if you're in the business of an EV truck, perhaps the GMC Hummer is for you if you have Gordon Monson level of money to spend. Bad news for the former UAW president. Uh, This is, of course, the United Auto Workers. President Dennis Williams on Wednesday pleaded guilty to trying to embezzle union money. This is a bad, bad dude. We've talked about this guy in this story on the show before. If you missed it, he was accused of... He, he used to be the president of the United Auto Workers Union, obviously, and he was accused of siphoning off their money, their dues, into his own bank accounts. While appearing by video in the U.S. District Court in Detroit, Dennis Williams entered his plea and apologized to the members of a union that faces a corruption probe by the office for Matthew Schneider, the U.S. Attorney for the Eastern District of Michigan. Williams is one of 15 people charged so far in the probe being run by Schneider, uh, who has said a takeover of the union remains an option. Williams said, quote, I want to close by apologizing to this court, to my family, and to each and every hardworking member paying dues. I hope by accepting responsibility for my actions and for my failures, this process might help restore the faith in our union. Williams, who 67, was charged last month, With conspiring with other union officials to embezzle hundreds of thousands of dollars in UAW funds, under his agreement of pleading guilty, Williams' sentence may not exceed 24 months. He had faced a maximum of five years in prison and a fine of up to $250,000. No agreement was reached on the fine or how much in restitutions will be paid. That will be determined at his sentencing on January 25th. Uh, he was forced to resign from the union on September 18 and said he, he has since repaid the union more than $56,000. The UAW said that they will pursue repayment of legal fees and other misspent union funds as well. The UAW said uh, Williams, quote, put his personal and self-interest above that of our members and this union. These serious charges deserve serious legal consequences, close quote. So one of 15 people, Accused, And now he has pled guilty of embezzling hundreds of thousands of dollars in union dues away from the union people that they are supposed to be protecting and leading. And he will sit in prison for a maximum of just two years. I don't know. Uh, To me, not long enough. And it says that it can't exceed two years, 24 months. I'm betting by pleading guilty, he'll get some leniency. I'm thinking this guy will be out within a year. And to me, that is not a uh, enough of a deterrent. They they ought to make an example of these fifteen people. Uh, they ought to throw them away. They ought to put them in there for uh, you know, as it said, he was facing a maximum of five years. They ought to put them away for a minimum of five years to make people think twice, three times, five times, a hundred times before they uh, take people's money. That they are in, in, entrusted in a level of power, uh, in a position of power, I should say, to lead that union, to protect their employees and their members. They pay those dues so that they can then be protected in turn, not so you can pad your own bank accounts. And the the, the law ought to reflect a, a harsher punishment for such actions. But we'll see what happens, how long he'll be going away. There's still 14 other pending cases in that story bit of weird news outside of tennessee or in in tennessee i should say uh, an india indiana family visiting tennessee captured and posted video of a black bear wandering up to their unoccupied car opening the back door and climbing inside the franzek family said they traveled from crown point indiana to Sevierville, tennessee to celebrate a grandmother's birthday, one of our bucket list things was to see a bear, Father Brian Francek told WBBM TV. The family said they were shocked, however, when a bear came walking up the driveway of their vacation home and headed straight for their SUV. I just screamed, "The bear is here, the bear is in the driveway," said the mom. The family captured videos the bear opened the back door of the vehicle and climbed inside. I was at go-karts racing and my grandpa got a call about that there's a bear in their car," said daughter Olivia. And we couldn't believe it at first. We thought my uncle got dressed up as a bear and went into the car as a prank. The Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency recommends residents and visitors keep vehicle doors locked at all times and make sure food and trash are secured where the animals can't reach. Which, I get that. I agree with that. I understand that. You don't keep your food or scraps anywhere outside where a bear or any other wildlife will come around sniffing and looking. I did not realize that bears had evolved to the point where they can open car doors. It's not like the the bear smashed through the window. It's not like he tore the car door, door off. He literally opened the car door like a human opens a car door. This is a bear that is too familiar <laughs> with human beings. They probably need to relocate, said bear, if they could possibly get a chance before Uh, Things happen because he's not afraid of humans at all. And bears already are not want to be too scared of humans. Uh, And that's why they tell you to be as big and scary as you can if you come across a bear. But just crazy to watch this video of this bear just opening a door as though he's a human opening the door of a car and climbing on inside. Pretty wild. So while we're on the uh, wild animal tip here in the car world, an Oregon State Trooper was in the news this week. Uh, He had his hands full, to say the least. Trooper Levi Macy responded to a call in eastern Oregon about a wayward llama on a highway on-ramp. We'll just let him take it from here, since his account emojis and all is delightful. So here's what he said. There I was, minding my own business, when I got a call from OSP dispatch, Oregon State Police, telling me that there was a llama, yes, a llama, in the road on the I-84 on-ramp at Myo Post 304 eastbound. I got there, and sure enough, a displeased Mama Llama was laying on the on-ramp. The owner was taking three llamas from Washington to Utah in the bed of a 1,500 Dodge short bed pickup. The truck had a homemade stock rack that didn't quite hold the three llamas while it took an uphill corner. Fortunately enough for the llama and myself, the speeds were slow and traffic was minimal. The owner got about a mile down the road before realizing the Mama Llama was missing out of the back of the truck. Oh, my gosh. But, of course, when the, the, when he stopped his truck, the other two llamas also bailed out, running free on the interstate. The owner ran back and gave me the rope to hook to Mama Llama's harness. Mama Llama refused to get up. Uh, as you could see by her displeased facial expression. So I told the owner that I would llama sit while he wrangled up the others. We should note at this point that uh, he tied the llama to his Chargers pole or bow bar, I should say. Uh, the, the thing on the front. It's ironic. But anyway, in the end, Mama Llama was reloaded into the truck and provided some medication to ease her trauma and also reunited with the rest of her travel companions. The driver was given a warning for operating with a leaking or shifting load. I can't say I was expecting the state trooper to provide us something like a mama llama trauma, but there it is. Apparently, if you're going to be pulled over in the Beaver State, Trooper Macy seems unlikely to be a jerk about it, and we're grateful for that. Uh, and I'm glad that the driver got a warning uh, and didn't, you know, there was no no harm, no foul. No one got in an accident. No one got hurt. I agree with the idea to give them a warning there, but maybe a homemade stock bar is not the right way to go when trying to secure wild animals in the back of your truck. All right, a new patent from Volvo is making the rounds on the Internet today. The uh, Volvo patent describes something somewhat seen in uh, spy movies before now, but it is going to be a reality if – uh, it goes into production. That is a steering wheel that is able to slide from left to right and back again all the way across the dashboard of a car. Meaning, con- uh, you know, uh, conceivably, that eventually they could also put braking and gas pedals on both sides of the driver and passenger side in the front of the car, making it therefore able to drive on the right side of the road here and left side of the road elsewhere. Uh, lever- Volvo is leveraging by wire technology to develop the system, uh, the instrument cluster, and a host of switches to slide from one side of the interior to the other. Uh, the Swedish company was recently awarded a patent for it, as I mentioned. Published last month, the, the patent describes a vehicle having multiple driving positions. Oddly, someone could even choose to sit in the middle of a front bench seat and drive the car from there looking ahead volvo added that sliding the steering wheel out of the way can allow users to enjoy more space when they're traveling in a semi-autonomous car for example if you're stuck in traffic you could bump the steering wheel out of the way and read a book while a properly equipped car navigates the bottleneck on its own it's far easier and cheaper than designing a concept car like steering wheel that retracts into the dashboard They also said, like I mentioned, they could conceivably be putting brakes and uh, gas pedal on both sides, but this is first and foremost with the thinking of a semi-autonomous or even fully autonomous car operating safely without you having to use the steering wheel. It's interesting. It's new. It's fresh. I think that it's smart to get the patent on this and make sure you're the leader in the clubhouse. I don't think this is two years away i think this is several years away if not five to ten down the road before we see uh, autonomous vehicles to the level where we can just slide steering wheels out of the way will the car be able to do that before then probably but will legislative members allow it to be out on the roads by then i don't think so i think we're going to be a sl- play this slow and i agree with that mostly as we're introducing these new autonomous technologies onto the roadways Take it slow, vet it, make sure it's going well and doing what it's supposed to do before we just get rid of steering wheels and pedals and human drivers. But that being said, GM disagrees with me. GM has started running robot cars in San Francisco without human backups. Yes, GM's Cruise Autonomous Vehicle Unit says it will pull the human backup drivers from its vehicles in San Francisco by the end of the year. Uh, Crew CEO Dan Amon said in a statement that the company got a permit Thursday from California's Department of Motor Vehicles to let the cars travel on their own. The move follows last week's announcement from Waymo that it would open its autonomous ride-hailing service to the public in the Phoenix area in vehicles without human drivers. Waymo, a unit of Google parent Alphabet Inc., is hoping to eventually expand the service into California as well, where it already has a permit to run without human backups. So by the end of the year, both GM's crews and Apple's, or excuse me, Waymo uh, will be running robot cars with no human backup drivers in San Francisco and other places in California. Initially my reaction is everybody panic. This is terrible. We're gonna have robot cars running people down on the sidewalk and, 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 and causing accidents and in intersections. The reality is that's probably going to happen. It's just, it is. And the level of Petri dish society that we allow these things to be operating in is my concern. I'm totally in, uh, I I totally understand that to get to a level of safety where these cars can run on their own, In society, outside of the sterile petri dish experiment lab, they have to be out on the roads, the actual roads in our actual cities where we actually live, drive, and work. But I don't think we should just give them full go of all cities right out the gates. I think we ought to start with two or three blocks and expand to 10, then 20, then 30, before we just say, go run rampant through all of San Francisco robot humanless cars there ought to be some protection still in place while we get to that level and i think it's coming i think we'll get there someday there will be uh uh, fully autonomous cars i think in my lifetime semi-autonomous cars are already out there but they have steering wheels and and brake and and gas pedals and humans at the at the at the controls and like my forester it i can set the lane keep assist and it will keep me in the dead center of that lane but if i take my hands off the steering wheel it notices and stops and says you got to put your hands on the steering wheel fool you're driving a car here what i'm afraid is if we take away those things people are going to get in accidents going to get killed going to get run down because While the robot computer can think faster and and compute faster than a human brain in a lot of cases, you saw it in the old movie iRobot and in the book iRobot. It might make the wrong choice and save a deer rather than a human at some point. And and I'm I'm getting way ahead of myself, way over my skis here. But just be aware, GM and Waymo are going to start running humanless cars around San Francisco by the end of the year. All right, before we take our second break here on the show, I wanted to talk a little bit about a story uh, while we're talking about autonomous cars, about LiDAR. LiDAR is what has given us the opportunity to have drive assist technologies in our cars, obviously. Uh, But cheaper LiDAR to boost autonomous driving is coming down the road. This is out of Tel Aviv, Israel. Israeli LiDAR maker Innoviz Technologies said price reductions for the laser-based sensors will be key to enabling automakers to reach the next level of autonomous driving on a larger scale. Innoviz has developed a LiDAR that costs 70% less than the Innoviz One product that it is currently supplying for BMW Magna International self-driving car program expected to launch by the end of next year. Samples of the Innovase 2 will be available in the third quarter of next year, says CEO uh, Omer Kailoff. The product software will enable automakers to collect roadway data from customers and can be upgraded for the next level of autonomous driving. Except for Tesla, most automakers have said their self-driving cars will still rely on LiDAR sensors, which use laser light pulses to measure distances and render precise images of the environment around the car. But while Kyloff would not disclose the cost for InnoViz 2, he did say the price barrier for automakers to use LiDAR at the present level of autonomous driving is $500, and his company's product could meet that barrier. Quote, I believe most customers probably will start with InnoViz 1 to launch earlier, and then we will move to InnoViz 2 to get scale at a lower cost. InnoViz has raised $252 million, competes with companies such as Velodyne and Luminar. In the past, a LiDAR system cost roughly $10,000. Luminar, which will supply its LiDAR systems to Volvo, says it has been able to bring that down to just $1,000 for autonomous driving and $500 for advanced driver assistance solutions built in volumes in the hundreds of thousands. This is the good news for everyone out there who maybe cannot afford this uh, these technologies in their cars. Perhaps you want to have that safer uh, drive-assist technology that's available, but you haven't been able to afford it. Well, the cost of making those systems is now coming down, as you just heard, from what was $10,000 in one case to $1,500. You'd then hope that as this comes to light publicly, that car makers are forced to lower the prices on the the price of their cars and not still keep it at the same level that it's been. That's unlikely to happen. The prices to fall, but hopefully it keeps it at the same price that it is and you'll be able to afford it as uh, things go along. So there you go. bit of autonomous news to round out the hour. Coming up next, we'll revisit some past moments here on Utah Car Sense as we continue to get you ready for the final week of October. Happy Halloween. Be safe. Slow down. Watch out for the kiddos, the people out there trick-or-treating. If you do choose to trick-or-treat this year, please do so at the safe with the safety guidelines that have been provided and told, told to us by our public health officials. And uh, let's all have a safe and happy Halloween and as we start the holiday season coming up here in the first part of November. Uh, I'm Austin Horton. It's Utah Carson. It's Eric Jensen producing for us. We'll be back right here on the Zone Sports Network.